again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast brought to you by TheBaltimoreBanner.com. I'm Jerry Coleman. He's the five-time All-Star Adam Jones. Here we are at episode number eight, AJ, and we're going to be joined by 14-year NFL veteran, the former Raven, the former two-time Super Bowl champion with the Broncos. He's a renaissance man. His name is Trevor Price, still living in Baltimore, and we'll talk about the Ravens, who just beat one of his former teams. Also, a big author, filmmaker, soccer fan, yep. tennis fan. Trevor Price, one interesting dude. Adam and I are also going to debate baseball's Hall of Fame latest announcement. It's all about the cheaters and one guy, a decent man, <laughs> who deserves to get in and get enshrinement. Also, oh, you can't talk about people like that. <laughs> also, ahead, Adam's going to rant about no, not dogs this week. Long lines. Does anyone out there like them? I'd like to find that person. There'll be a conversation about MLB free agency, which is well underway. The winter meetings taking place in Adam's hometown of San Diego, California. They never seem to hold those meetings in Minneapolis or Boston in the winter. Uh, I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. In our Beyond Baltimore segment, we'll talk about Adam's travels right now. He is somewhere around the world. He'll explain where. He's on his way to Qatar. We'll talk about that as well. And dealing with all the different time zones. I don't know how you keep up. It's not just about the pros, though, folks. We'll salute our Baltimore banner, excuse me, Varsity Sports Network Athlete of the Week. And we'll have another round of Socially Speaking, some fascinating correspondences this week from all of our platforms and really from all over the world. As always, we're brought to you by our friends at Jack Daniels. There's lots of ways to make whiskey. There's only one way to make Jack Daniels make it count. Jack Daniels, please drink responsibly. Adam's looking for a bottle right now, but it's kind of early in the morning where he is. So <laughs> drink responsibly. Also, Be More Around Town. Head to BeMoreRoundTown.com. They have the ultimate all-inclusive pregame purple tailgate experience before every home and away game, including these trips coming up to Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincinnati, three of Adam's favorite towns, also brought to you by good folks at the Weinman Company. Love their support. And G-Leaf, medical cannabis company. Head to gleaf.com, medical cannabis for now, for qualified Maryland patients only. That could change in July, gleaf.com. And a reminder, if you're enjoying this podcast as much as we're doing it, head to thebaltimorebanner.com. They've got the Orioles, the Ravens, the Terps all covered, along with all the local news across the Baltimore region. As a special for our listeners, head to thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ, thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ, and get the banner for six months unlimited digital access for just $1. That's a deal. All right, let's bring in our special guest. We welcome this week Trevor Price, the former Raven, the former Bronco, and the former New York Jet. There he is already, and uh, and surprised. And I haven't seen you with a gray beard before, Trevor. Thanks for taking the time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, what's up, man? What's up, Adam? Uh, yeah, this is this is new. Well, it's actually not new. I, I went I went gray in high school. Like I found my first gray hair when I was like 16 years old or something like that. <laughs> So this is not this is this is actually this is not bad. I, I'll take this before I go bald. I'll tell you well, that. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. When you had gray hair in high school, were some of the opposing coaches and maybe other, you know, opposing teammates wondering, "Hey, this dude's 27. No, I, <laughs> no, I've been saying, I, I, like, I found my first one when I was really young. As well, I started going gray. Really, you know, I, I think as a man, you have a choice: gray or bald. 
I'll take Greg. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, let me ask you, big fella. I mean, you've been retired a decade now. I yeah. read your excerpt, which was fantastic. I know it's it dated right after you retired, but how's that transition been for you? This is my first full year of retirement. And sometimes I want to go, go nuts, but sometimes I'm like, I did, I had my time. But how's, it, how's that transition been for you? Um, it was interesting. So, so what happened to me, at least, I think like you, you like you could have kept playing. Like I was asked to play for the Patriots. Like the Patriots were sign me out of retirement. And I was just like, yeah, nah. And then the Raiders called and I, they had me work out. And they were like, hey, you're playing Sunday. I was like, it is Thursday. I'm not playing no football. Like, I'm going I'm to go ahead and go home. I just I had to like sneak out of Oakland without them knowing. Like, Where's Trevor at? Trevor went home. Trevor <laughs> Make up all kinds of excuses. My wife needs a babysitter. My daughter was like 12. I don't need a babysitter. So, um, but I, I started writing and I, I wrote an article. I used to write for the New York Times. So I wrote an article about my retirement. And it was, you know, some days, the, the days you feel good about it is when the days people, they show up to training camp and you know how hard that is. And you're drinking out of a coconut. You know what I mean? That's pretty good. <laughs> but I think... I think it hits you when you're just like, I'm a time off on time. I no longer feel like Superman. You know what I mean? And that's that's hard to to deal with. So you, I I wound up trying to hurt myself. Like I go sprint as fast as I can to the football field and I pull the muscle and I was like, ah, that feels good. You know what I mean? So you it it's weird in your brain, man. But you know, the longer you're out of it, the kind of better. But I still every so often I get the itch. You know, funny my wife so. So how old are your kids? Your kids are young, young. Eight and six. Okay, so young, young. So they're around the same age as mine my, my when I retired. They were, at, they were like you know, 11, 12-ish. So now that they're older, right, my, my oldest daughter is 23, and my middle daughter is six. Uh, my, my middle daughter is 20, and my son is 16. They had no interest in watching their dad play when, he, when they were young. But now they're huge football fans. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe we missed it. No, you didn't miss it. You were there. You just didn't care. Right? <laughs> So what happens last night, we're watching, we're on the couch, we're watching uh, the, the Sunday night game. And for some reason, somebody said, that hey, you can still play right now? And and the answer was no. But I, but the reason why is not because I don't feel good. It's the reason is I, if I could play today if I didn't have to practice and I only had to play 10 snaps. That I can do. I can do that right now. At 47 years old, I can do that in Excel. But I cannot go to practice. And it, and it, you can have eight reps, and I that's it. And I take my pads off, and I'm going to the locker room, and I'm going home. Straight so, to treatment. Yeah, I'm going straight to treatment after eight plays. So I can do that. So it's not that I don't run fast, and I exercise every day. And, I'm like, and all of a sudden, you're like that, right? It's, like, yeah. it's the grind. It's not, it's not the game. It's the grind. It, it 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 wears on your body. So so the point is, when you retire, you don't feel the grind that sometimes you want it, and sometimes you don't. So it'll take a little while before it gets out of your system. I feel you, and it's starting to get out of my system now. I mean, I watch the games, I'm like, ah, nah, nope, running, sliding, hitting the wall. Uh uh-uh, uh, nope. I, I had my foot in the sun. Let these young let these young kids have they have they, have they chance. My, my, son, my son has transitioned to baseball. He's at uh, IFG Academy playing oh, right field. He is a, he's at IFG Academy playing right field. Uh and he he is an abject gorilla. Like he's a monster. 
I mean, following suit of you. Yeah, I, he's he's not my size. He just has he just has very very. I, I don't know where it comes from. He has very fast hands and he has good hand eye coordination. I never had that. You know, I mean, I had size and speed. What he has is he can ro he rotates really ungodly fast for a sixteen year old kid. You know what I mean? So it's I don't know where he's going. I know I don't know where he's going with this, but. Uh, people seem to think he's going to go pretty high. So we'll see. Okay. Well, Trevor, I did want to ask you how things have gone for you post-career. You're obviously remaining in Baltimore. I want you to explain why you decided to make – you could live anywhere in the world, and you decided to live here in Baltimore for good reason. And as sort of a follow-up, uh, repercussions from your playing career. Do you feel the aches and pains? We hear a lot about concussions, CTE, yeah. and all that. Does that concern you in any fashion? Uh, no, because I, I don't think I played that hard to get hurt. You know, what I, mean? I, wasn't... <laughs> I, uh, I had one job. The further you away, the further you away from contact, the more you get hurt. So the linemen don't get hurt all that much. We get bruised up on our elbows and knees, but our head, like you don't that part, you don't get when you're when you're a lineman. It's very it's very very different. It's not quite the train wreck. It's it's wrestling more than it is. Um, uh, football when you're in a line of scrimmage. So that that was fun. Um, but I stayed in Baltimore because of uh, the school my kids went to and uh, I went to Madonna School. And then um, I started getting a writing um, as an outlet. Like I said, I wrote for the New York Times and I wrote about my retirement. So then I started writing fiction and I came up with an idea for um, uh, poisonous animals fighting, in each, fighting against each other in Australia. And I called it Kilopari. So Kilopari means poison in, Abor in, a, in one of the Aboriginal dialects. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Fast forward, I'm sitting in my, this is my office. This is my office at my studio. We have, we have 60 people that work here. We're work the first two seasons of Kilopari were on Netflix, or they still are on Netflix. And then the third one um, uh, is coming out. I think next year, this time we're working on it now. And if there's if you if you're if you're in my office, there's a door behind you, a door in front of me, and outside that door is some animators. They're working on it now, and we should be done with it next September for season three. Um, and I can't tell you where that's going right now. I, I I know where it's going, but I can't I can't speak on it. It hasn't been announced yet. Right. Don't give it up. Don't give it up. That's yeah, amazing. I, I, yeah. They asked they asked me not to talk about it too much. Um, and then we're doing a, um, a live action retelling of it. So we bought um, motion capture suits and you know facial recognition software and cameras and that type type of thing. Um, and we're gonna we are in the process of remaking season one into a movie. Um, and that's it is it is going is going surprisingly well because we're just an experiment, right? This part this part of the world has. An art school, a lot of video game um, people, a lot of video game companies, and then it has a lot of tech people. So you kind of add that around, and you, you pull from that big, that, that big hole of people, and say, okay, which one of you knows how to draw a frog, and there's knows how to draw a scorpion. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, kinda, you we just we just kind of figured it out, um, and we happen to be very very good at it. So how is it? How is it, you know, obviously we make our careers with physicality, but how is it now you're not using that? You're using your mind. 
obviously, I mean, obviously, as a lineman, you use your mind too. You, yeah. you know, know, what you know what you're doing, but you're yeah. using your mind now. How is that? Like, you, you know, something. It's it's more like than you think. So there's to me, I, I tell people this all the time. There's a reason why when people talk just in jest, they go, "Okay, lawyer and doctor, right? Those things are always paired. Sports and entertainment are always paired. It is the same." And the reason why it's the same is because a lawyer or doctor is based on education. If you go to law school and get a law degree, you are a lawyer. If you go to med school and get a PhD in knees, you are a knee doctor and nobody can take that from you, right? If you go to art school, you're only an artist if somebody pays you to do art, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you're a baseball player, you're only a pro baseball. You get picked. You don't pick. It doesn't pick you. You don't pick it. It picks you. So sports yeah. entertainment makes sense. It, 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 it makes sense to me. For some reason, it just, they're not that far off. It's a competitive endeavor. And you have to fight for for um, um, recognition. The only, only thing different about it is you can't, it's an opinion-based business, right? So my opinion is I like that song or I don't like that song. Not like baseball. I hit 60 home runs. That means I'm better than you. I don't care what <laughs> I don't care what your face says. I hit, I hit 60, you hit 30. That means I'm better, right? So right. that's, that's not your opinion. But but <laughs> but at the end of the day, it, 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 it's more like than you think because it is competitive. And and my competitive juices are just like I am better than than those people in LA. You have to think that. You have to think that. It's like, think, like you step on the field, I am better than the guy in front of me. I am better than the guy in front of me. And it's, it's, it it works. It makes sense. It just makes sense to me. True. All right, bringing it back to football for a moment. You mentioned your kids may be bigger NFL fans these days than you are. Uh, how much attention do you pay to the Ravens at all? And what's going on with Lamar Jackson? He's dealing with an injury, dealing with a contract situation. I don't know if you have an opinion on whether or not he doesn't utilize an agent as a as a guy signing his first big contract, Trevor. I, I, that was a mistake. I, 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 you know, I, I think the thing with I do I do keep up with it because they're our local team and our kids. Love the, you know what I mean. I played for them, right? So I, I, I still yeah. go to the facility and say hello and that type of thing. I still, I still see them every so often. You see them at the juice bar and things like that. Um, I think my thing is, um, he, he, he has to have somebody to represent when it become when it comes to that kind of money, right? Your rookie deal is slotted, so you don't need an agent. You don't need one. Do you? Where you're picked, you know how much money you're going to get. It's not going to change. This you should have got. I think you should have gotten somebody to do it. It's three percent of two hundred million dollars. I mean, come on, man. You know what I mean? So that's that's what I believe um, should have happened. And now I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I my guess, my guess, my five hundred foot guess. I don't know the man. I don't know. His, my guess is he wants out. That's my guess. I think he wants mm -hmm. out. He want he wants. Um, they didn't give him his money, and I think somebody else would gladly give it to him. I think the Jets would give it to him. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I, I just don't, I just don't, I don't see how not signing, not, not getting that done with him is partially his fault. You know, what I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure what they put, I'm sure what they put out there 
was, you know, with the Josh Allens of the world and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I I I I am miles away from it, but when you have a when you have a transcendent talent like that, you have an Aaron Judge. I mean, we see what we see what's happening to Aaron Judge. Like, like how yeah. do you not sign Aaron Judge? You know what I mean? Sometimes people can get in their way. They're too smart for their own good. You know what I mean? And and you know, it is what it is. I I, I don't know. I I I it. it it, it would have made sense if they'd have went to him after the first time won MVP. Like, hey, here's 150 million dollars, and I think he would have taken it. But they were like, no, let's see it again. And the price just keeps going up. It goes up every day, even with him being hurt, because he gets to decide the price, not you. He decides the price. He doesn't have to sign that. And I'm I'm going to guess he's not going to sign it. That's my yeah. guess. He's got two tags. Yeah. At 45 yeah. or something, some, some, some ridiculous. Like that. Yeah. One of them's gonna be 50 million dollars. And like, yeah, Kirk yeah. Cousins and want to be in the highest paid player in NFL history. And they could have yeah, wrapped as soon as he, as soon as he was at, as soon as he was at, at MVP, you go, here's your money. Here's your money. They didn't around with Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's your money. You want 500 million dollars over 10 years? Here. Cause, cause, Patrick Mahomes deals and want to be in cheap in about two more years. So it's uh, <laughs> true. I don't know. Yeah, very true. Hey, Trevor, uh, I did man. want to also ask you about the fact that are you happy that you're not playing in the NFL right now and the fact that they've made it so offensive rule heavy? In other words, a defensive player, all you got to do is put your pinky on the quarterback and you could be thrown out of the game possibly. The, the, the problem with that thinking is this. The problem with that thinking is this. You have to realize, what, you have to be very careful when you say, hey, defenses are getting screwed out of the game. Do you know why the game is so popular? Offense. Well, there you go. Oh, you know why, yeah. You know why defensive tackles make $30 million a year? Because quarterbacks make 50 so so you you have to go hey look i will take the flag or but but i'm not going to complain um about the popularity of the game which trickles down to to everyone not just the defensive players but to the, the guys that ride the bench and then the gms and the scouts it, it trickles down when these the ball is flying through the air and the quarterbacks are healthy Tom Brady is good for business. He's good for business. I remember um, when I was drafted, I had, a, I had a defensive line coach who hated quarterbacks, and he hated them because he was like, 10% of the guys make 50% of the money. And that's no longer true. That is no longer true. We have some guy, we have some, some defensive players who are paid like quarterbacks. T.J. Watt is paid like a quarterback. He's paid much, paid much higher than Lamar than, than, than is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, I did want to ask you, uh, let's move to the collegiate ranks in college football. And you, of course, played for the Broncos, won a couple of Super Bowls there. Your kids grew up in that state. Now they have a new head coach at the University of Colorado. Deion Sanders came in, delivered a very strong message to those poor kids, basically saying, you know, uh, get into the portal call right now because my kid's going to be the quarterback and I'm going to change things right away. Your impressions of the Deion Sanders takeover. 
I I am obsessed with it. And my wife said that last night because I keep I keep playing that speech over and over again. Right. <laughs> and and the reason why, and Adam, I think you you'll you'll get this. <clears throat> when someone says, Hey, we're hiring Deion Sanders as our coach, there is a preconceived notion of what that's going to look like. And I think um he comes in a meeting, he's playing the Tupac song, All Eyes on Me. And everybody's like, oh, Dion. And Dion basically says, I'm going to run you all to death. You are not going to, this is not going to be fun. This is all that. They call me Pro, Coach Prime. But really what you're getting is is like Bill Belichick. That's what you're, that's what they're about to get. They think this is going to be a good time. It's going to be trap music and all that. It's not. It's going to be, it is going to be everything but that. And it's, it's just, they are, the, the fear on their faces when the tone changed, he didn't come in and he didn't come in there and say, hey, guys, I'm glad to be here. He said, this bold, this stops today. I'm like, holy, like, I, I love a good, uh, that is a story because that is calculated, right? He calculates that. And that's what makes him so good. And the transfer portal stuff, all that stuff is, you know, that, that needs to be said. But it wasn't. Hey guys, we are going to turn this thing around. It was like, no, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to make the. He's going to make their lives hell. You hear me? So, hell. So how do you think though? I mean, yes, as he should. How do you think he's going to help that school when it comes to recruiting though? Because it's prime. At the end of the day, you're going to prime. But how, how would he help with recruiting? And it's, and it's, it's targeting that division too. I was I was listening to uh, Joel Klatt yesterday. I was watching a thing about Joel, Joel Klatt, and he said, "Listen, what, what recruiting is is two things: it is celebrity and it's money. You have NIL number one, celebrity number two, right? Hey, Nick Saban called me, right? Uh, Ryan Day called me, Dabo Sweeney called me, Deion Sanders called me. That's that's the call everybody takes, right? And especially if you're a brother." No, it's and, like, that, that, the white, and listen, the, the white kids too. The white kids are going to be like, yeah, absolutely, sure. sir, absolutely, yeah. sir. That, they'll do it. They'll do it first. I, I believe it's going to be. The, I think it's going to be the complete opposite way. I have a feeling because I remember I played in Denver. That's not. That is not the most uh, diverse <laughs> place in America. <laughs> so. Um, I think what's going to happen is he's going to reach out to he has to lock down Colorado first. He's locked down Denver first, and Denver doesn't. Have, Denver's not Georgia or Florida. You know, what I mean, they'll have one or two. They won't have the hundred and two hundred. You know, what I mean, if he gets those kids, and they will likely be white kids, if he gets those, that would be the beginning of it. But he's going to get them. Trevor, really appreciate your time. Grateful for you being here on the yes. podcast. Anything you want to promote right now? Because Thank it you, sounds sir. like everything's I, going in the I, right direction. I, I wish. I have nothing. No. I have really nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time, sir. Really Absolutely, guys. All yeah, right. Catch you. up with you soon. Thanks, yeah. Trevor. Thank you. Boy, that was a lot of fun. Trevor's large oh, and in charge and uh, not short of opinions, AJ. No, I love, I love that because, I mean, a retired guy who – was good very damn good so everybody respects very. his opinion yeah so you know throughout the league in different sports his name is is uh rings out so 
That was good. That was really good. Good to talk to him. And I, I, I want to tell him I, that story about me looking at him, be like, man, you, but I'm a man. I'm a grown ass man. I'm gonna tell another man he's big. Hell, kind of. You don't do that, Coleman. Well, he'll see it when he watches the podcast. Like <laughs> when he watches, else. yeah, but I ain't gonna tell it. But I ain't gonna tell him to his face. Okay. Well, <laughs> he'll find out secondhand. <laughs> All right, time now for our Jerry versus Jones debate. It is sponsored exclusively by the Wyman Group. It's cold outside, so let's raise the temperature and bring in the honorable judge himself, at least honorable until he renders a verdict. His name is Reginald Fugit. Reggie. What's what up, guys? What's up? Again, welcome back to an epic Jerry versus Jones debate. We got something spicy to debate and i know both parties are going to have a lot to say about this but in due time let me give you some context former big league slugger fred mcgriff was recently selected as the newest member of the boss of the baseball hall of fame on sunday with barry bonds roger clemens and kurt schillings denied again mcgriff was a unanimous choice among the 16 members of the inaugural contemporary baseball era committee which considered a ballot of eight candidates whose primary contributions to the game took place after 1980. A player needs 75% of the vote to be elected. And for you guys, I, I want you guys to debate whether the inaugural board should have let more into Cooperstown or did they do the right thing with just this one uh, nominee? Uh, Jerry, you get the first word. All right. Well, they got it right. The one guy that deserved to get in, got in. You can make an argument for Dale Murphy, maybe Don Mattingly, but Fred McGriff, the crime dog, belong. I know one of the arguments was he played for a number of teams. The guy hit almost 500 home runs. He hit 30 or more home runs for five different teams. So he spread the wealth. Wherever he went, he made his team better. But as one of the greats, you know, he's not up there in terms of numbers of Bonds or Palmero or Clemens but they don't deserve admission. They cheated, okay? Palmero, especially, we know about that, pointing the finger at Congress. Clemens, I was there on Capitol Hill where he, I felt he lied. Bonds, I know there's no concrete evidence, but too much circumstantial evidence to let him in in any way, in any fashion. The guy got better as he got older, much like Clemens. And then you have a guy like Kurt Schilling, who's a borderline candidate, in my opinion, but it's just too much of a hot potato and doesn't deserve to be in. Fred McGriff was the guy who deserved to be in. It was nice to have a new set of eyes look at this. And they, seemed to, they came to the same conclusion as the Baseball Writers Association of America. We're not letting these cheaters, these frauds, these guys who got better as they got older in. Had they not used the substance, maybe they would have had a legitimate chance. But you look at the way the voting went. You can laugh all you want over there, AJ, <laughs> in your corner of the world. But... Those guys didn't even sniff a chance of getting in, Bonds right. and Clements. They got fewer of four of 16 votes. They will never get into Cooperstown without a ticket. Understandable now that they, that, you know, they won't. I, I, I think they got it right. Um, I mean, a crime dog deserving, should have been balloted. He's been in a long time ago. My biggest thing, though, is uh, people's always saying these guys cheated, these guys cheated. The Hall of Famers got some cheaters in there. In the last years, only thing difference is that Bonds maybe gave you a swirly and you ain't like it. That's probably what happened. 
That's what that's what he did to writers. He probably was. Was there said, a personal hey, encounter? Was there a personal encounter between oh. Barry and myself that went wrong? Yes, there was. But that is <laughs> not the reason. That is not the reason. Same thing with Clemens. That it. is not the it. reason. Palmero and I got got along fine. Right. I just think he's as dumb as right. a rock, to be honest. But think they don't belong. The, they cheated and lied. Yeah. Right. The the thing is that I think they weren't remorseful behind it. Because a lot of guys did it in baseball. Let's just we know. Let's call the spade the spade. The eighties and nineties, <laughs> some guys still getting popped these days. My boy in San Diego, God, new massive man. So let's be honest with yourself. It's still around. But to just say that these guys don't get it. Look, Barry, Barry Bonds is the greatest player to ever play. I don't care what you say. Don't care what you say. Five hundred stolen bases. That's an opinion. Eight, eight. Go, that's not an opinion. Eight gold gloves. It's not Willie a fact. Willie Mays got that. Willie Mays. That's that's not a fact. These are facts. The most home runs. The, I mean, obviously, arguably the greatest eye of all time. The most walks, runs scored. He's up there. He wasn't the nicest human being to, these, to the reporters. He didn't. He didn't hug John Heyman when he came into the room. So what? Schilling, okay, Schilling's different. We can get into that on the whole. He's different. Palmero got, and that was public. Sammy Sosa, the same thing. But you can't just say just say the word. They're cheaters. No, you want to say the holes. Say that first. <laughs> I could add that to the picture. But All right. That's what I'm saying. They got better as they got older. <laughs> Quick rebuttal. So, Jerry, Jerry, you don't think that there should you, – you just think that uh, the one person who got in was the correct choice to make and that they shouldn't have allowed more people in. You get the – go ahead for Agreed. the Agreed. I believe that Fred McGriff deserved it. I thought he was going to be the only guy who got in. I thought it would be close with Dale Murphy, whose numbers are, are that close apart. But yeah. – you know, in three years when they vote again, I don't expect much to change in 2025 will be the next go around. And again, it's a new pair of eyes that are involved here. And that includes former players and executives. I mean, we had executives like Kenny Williams, former players like Frank Thomas and Ryan Sandberg, Jack Morris, Lee Smith, etc. It's not the BBWA that's doing all this now. Now we've right, got a new right. set of eyes on this saying the same thing that the writers said. All right, no. thank you, thank you, Jerry. So, Adam, uh, you think you think a couple other people should get in, should have got in. As a player, yeah, I mean, Billy Wagner, how that dude almost had five hundred saves. Where, where did he? Where's his mishaps? Is he a is he a borderline did illegal drug guy? I don't know. I just know that he was disgusting and almost had five hundred saves. Leaf Smith almost had five hundred. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. These are guys that dominated. A decade, and that was the Hall of Fame requirement that they always said you dominate a decade. Then some of us like, no, dominate eight years. No, dominate the decade. And if you look at these lists, these dudes did it. And there's going to be guys on the list that and this new list that came out, like Tory Hunters. I mean, I think Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones is going to get hurt of his last four or five years when he hit, you know, low average high homers. His last few years weren't that good. But dude, almost 450 and 10 gold gloves let's be honest with ourselves what are we doing around here because we're saying 250 he had 250 for his career we're giving guys 150 million dollars that hit 210 now let's be honest with ourselves all right thank you guys Epic. and albert bell's a horrible human being i need to add that as well he didn't deserve it either. <laughs> he's not a hall of famer based on longevity but but his numbers in in that span if it was like three more years of what he did hall of famer Albert Bell was the most feared hitter of, of the 90s. Let's All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Feared, judge, was scary. The judge has a verdict on this one. Um, Stop getting swirly, man. The judge uh, <laughs> is going to side with Jerry on this. Jerry takes the cake, finally gets a win. Finally? Um, 
Finally. After, after, I mean, it was five and two. We're now five and three. Uh, Adam was, you know, just running the show for the last couple times. Uh, Jerry, you, you, you hit it off, um, you know, keeping Cooperstown sacred. Um, I think that. What? And that is my verdict. Sacred. Yeah, I got Maybe a lifetime pass to the Hall of Fame. You needed you know, to get more time pass to the baseball Hall of Fame. Adam, we needed more examples. We needed more examples, Adam. And then that might have well, that might have get I'll get into the Hall of Fame. Just example. Well, we need to get Adam on, like on the board. Let's get Adam on okay. the not on the board, and then he's gonna he's gonna bring in some athletes. Okay. That, that I will get I into the Hall of Fame before Bonds and Clemens. You know why? Because when I was in Cuba, I made a donation. It may have been stolen goods, but I donated it to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and they gave me a lifetime pass. It's nice, and you yeah. probably love that. But look it. <laughs> it's I'm, free. Oh, man, <laughs> you love free. You love free. All right, oh, thanks, man. guys. That is but our no, Jerry versus say Jones. one last thing. All right, Adam gets the last word. It is your podcast. I got one last thing. Just, I know, sorry. I'm just, just, uh, yeah. uh, Chip, you might, be able, you might be working hard, but the Baseball Hall of Fame in certain ways is like the Constitution. A lot of that needs to be amended. All right. Well, there's time to do that. If Adam, we can get Adam on the board and uh, he can get in there and start making yeah. some waves. Thank you, guys. Not all, but, but that early part of it. The early, early part of it. All right. It's time to keep the baseball chatter going. Let's do it with our For the Birds portion of the podcast. This week, we're focusing on MLB free agency. We briefly touched on it. With our guest, Trevor Price, who mentioned Aaron Judge. It's well underway. Uh, there's been some big contracts already given out as, yeah. the, oh, yeah. as the winter meetings are taking place mm -hmm. in your former backyard, your hometown of San Diego, California. Uh, do you think Aaron Judge's deal will set the market? No. Uh, no, his, he's separate. He, it's, he's a one-of-one. Yeah, he's on his own, and like a, like a uh, Trey Turner. Like you knew Trey Turner was going to get eight plus, and you know, average of two fifty, two hundred or twenty five, thirty plus. Uh, certain guys create their own markets, um, but it, it's it's cool to see Verlander. Obviously, still doing it at, at a great age, you know, thirty nine going into forty. Like just, it's unbelievable. Uh, Mets, it's, Mets, it's, uh, they lose to Grom and just sign Verlander. That's what money does exactly. For you. And they don't, but they don't have the five-year commitment. They have a two-year commitment, and uh, with their system, you know, whole, like the Mets have a, a two-year window. Yeah, they signed Lindor for long term, but they got a two-year window. Showwater got a three-year deal. We know Showwater. <laughs> you dip right on out. We ain't winning. Um, but it's gonna be cool. My always thing is like, there's always the top guys, the top twenty-five free agency. We talk about them. This guy, this. My, those aren't the guys. I'm worried about those fringe players that you know, the Brandon Juries. I'm wondering. He came off a. a, a uh, almost 30 home runs. I think he had 30 home runs. And, you know, playing on a $1.5 million minor league deal. Is he in line to get, you know, like he's like a Ben Zobrist in a way. Like a very good – he's a solid defender, good hitter. Just like a unicorn type player. So, like, where's he? So, you know, and, and, and then you want to see what the Angels are going to do. Because at the end of the day, you got two of the best players to ever do it just wasting their damn primes. And you can't have that. Because every other sport, their best players are in the finals, in the playoffs. And baseball, we need that too. All right, before I ask you about the Orioles real quickly, AJ, I did want to ask you about this time of year because we're in the holiday season and there's guys out there unsigned, not knowing where they're going to live, not knowing what they're going to earn, not knowing what their future is going to be. Is it a nervous time if you're really not a superstar player? 
Big time, because you just you, the, the uncertainty. Um, I seen uh, old Oriole Miguel Castro signed in Arizona, and I'm, he's going to be able to get there, get a place, get comfortable, get acclimated, then probably go back home and then come back. And he's going to be able to put it to, to put his clothes in, in the closet. And people don't realize it because they always say they always throw out the money, and I get it. Money buys a, a few. A lot, money buys a lot of things, but at the same time, you still need to be comfortable. You still need time. It can't buy time. And you know, like so when I signed late in the free as a free agent, it's like, damn, I got to scramble to get a house. Damn, and then I got to go to practice. But my kids, we got to find find some schools for them. So it's like, you know, that's why when you have a better half, that, that you know that that's why athletes they always credit their wives because they're the real MVP. We just the one that bring home the bacon. They're the one that that cooks it, sautes it, everything to it. So you know, it, the wives are the ones that that make the real magic happen. But they need time, and you know. Um, you know, certain guys will have more time. Trey Turner's going to have ample time to do that. And he knows Florida spring training. He's, he's, he's a North Carolina boy. So, like, guys like that going to have ample time. But imagine Judge signing late in Arizona, the Dodgers or the Giants, pick him up. Again, he's got the money, so he's got the luxury. But he's still going to be, like, calling because all the houses in Arizona are going to be sold for spring training rentals. Like, like we got one that's 48000 a month. You want it? Ain't got no well, choice. Cover, you know hey. Exactly. Stay in a hotel. You're not going to stay in a hotel. So the earlier you can do it, the more comforting. It's just so we can get our bearings because we're a we're so um, routine that we need that routine to happen. We we it's terrible when guys show up to spring training late. You always see they always have slow starts. They need to be there. The camaraderie. They need to be there first day. Well, we talked with Brandon Hyde a few episodes ago, and we did talk about the need for starting pitching. They did not re-sign Jordan Lyles. They still could bring him back for lesser money, yeah. but they went out and got Kyle Gibson, who pitched with yeah. the Phillies, and paid him probably less money than what they're paying Jordan Lyles. But what about the addition of Kyle Gibson? Well, Gibson is, is very similar to, uh, to Lyles in terms of experience. He's been around a, a little bit longer and you know, came up with the Twins. I remember facing him all the time. And, you know, he came up with Liriano, Joe Nathan as his closer. He came up with some really good dudes. And he's just he's – a, he's a vet. He's a, he's a vet. And I remember I was down and working with the playoffs and just talking to him and just like, he's a vet. And I think he's going to do a really good job in Baltimore. And I think he's just going to be a staple, stability, because he wants the ball. He's going to be a Lyles esque where you're going to – like I was saying, you have to like damn near rip the ball out of his hand. That's how Gibson is. And I just hope that, you know, they're able to – um, I hope that he's just able to just continue to pass on that veteran leadership down to, you know, even more to means who's coming back and just, just fill up the, the, that young talent with just a plethora of information and experience because he's got 10 years. So It is the Adam Jones podcast brought to you by thebaltimorebanner.com. Go out and subscribe to the banner, baltimorebanner.com, thebaltimorebanner.com, slash AJ, six months digital for just a dollar. That's a deal. All right. And speaking of deals, here's the deal. It's time for <laughs> Eckle D's, folks. This is where Adam gets something off his chest. I understand you will not be talking about dogs for a third straight week. You're going no to dogs. switch it up a little bit. But I think what you're talking about applies to everyone out there, and it deals with lines, long lines yeah. and short staffing. I, I, I know that COVID has, you know, uh, our workforce in the last two years, I think it's coming back, but the workforce in the last few years has not been up to par because of COVID. And I get that. 
And but then the thing is that when everybody got vaccinated and all they did their part and you know, did whatever you needed to do to get back to work, some people said, I don't want to go back to work. Now, travelers like myself, you know, the, the number one industry that started booming when people the borders open was travelers. There ain't no damn body at the law at the uh, gates. Ain't no when you're going through global entry, ain't nobody there. And they say, don't take no film, don't do this. Of course, they don't want you. They don't want six planes that just came in and there's three workers in this line. It's for security. It's for security. It's for security. It, it, it is for security. And I do apologize for doing that. There's countless other people. But at the same time, it needs to be brought because there's so many people that are wanting to carry around these big guns. Look, you work for the government. You work for uh, the, um, what's it? What's the um, TSA? TSA, you, you work for them? Homeland Security? You get a yep. gun. Go work for them. You know what I mean? Uh, and then another part of traveling is people that get up on, and your row is 36E. Sit your ass down, okay? Sit down. Unless you got an issue, and I think there's tons of people with issues. My knee hurts, my hips hurt sitting on that flight too. Sit your ass down and don't be trying to come up to first class before the flight leave, before, the, before we board, we deboard. Like, sit down and don't, and, and then when you come on the plane, don't put your stuff up in the, in the business class section. Oh, I hate that. Why the hell would you put it there when you know that's not your seat? Just for so convenience gotta, and selfishness. That's what it boils down to. You're gonna you're gonna go around people to come back and forth, and, and you're just pissing off people. And, and uh, travel, man. Ooh, but it's a beautiful thing. This beautiful we all thing, we all can a, relate to traveling at first it's, class, unless we it's can. so damn annoying. It's just knowing. I mean, not everybody travels in first class. That's why when you see a lot of pictures of places and beautiful things, the person that took the picture never shows you how they got to the place because it was usually on the back of a damn mule or something in a terrible way. But they, <laughs> they never show that, though, do they? Uh-uh, they ain't show me sitting in the middle like this, <laughs> snatched, snatched up for 17 hours. I'm in Singapore, though. I'm in Marina Bay Sands, but sitting like this. Ain't nobody ever seen showing that. All right, this sort of transitions. Let's travel beyond Baltimore because we're going to continue talking about the world. And this week, we're going to focus on way beyond Baltimore. You've been doing, mm -hmm. as we've documented, some major traveling. Let's start with David Ortiz's tournament here in the good old USA yeah. in South Florida. And you got a chance to spend some time with Big Poppy. And from there, you've moved on to the Maldives, where you are right now. And then we'll talk mm -hmm. about your next stop and on and on. So first with David Ortiz down in Miami, I guess that was kind of an easy flight, except going through the global entry portion. Well, I mean, Barcelona, it went to Miami and then had to drive over to Marco Island, which is the Naples island. Um, but it was great. It was great to be around him again. I haven't seen him in a couple months. Um, but uh, be around the great people with Griffey, Anthony Mackey. I mean, the list goes on. I'm just Javon Kirst, one of my, I love Javon Kirst. Oh man, I got to spend, I got to spend 48 hours with him. And just fantastic, but the freak. Um, and he looks amazing. Oh, my goodness. But uh, David Ortiz Foundation, I've been part of it for, um, I think it was my 10th time. And it's just dear to me because he helps out kids. I got kids. He helps out with kids with bad hearts. And um, the money raised goes towards their medical bills, the surgeries, and everything, getting them kids living their life. And I was able to raise $1.6 in uh, the weekend. So uh, just blessed to be a part of that and be just a part of that that uh, that circle because it's very special to me as being a father. All right, let's take it down a level if we can and salute our Baltimore Banner Varsity Sports Network Athlete of the Week, 
and he is Sean Williams from Milford Mill Football. All he did is rush for 124 yards and a score to help lead Milford Mill Academy to a 25-16 win against Ken Island. That was last Friday at Navy Marine Corps Stadium in Annapolis. It was a Maryland-class 2A football state championship game. It was the Millers' first state title since 1987. I was going to high school back then when current head coach <laughs> and future defensive lineman Reggie White played for Milford Mill. The Millers had reached the previous wow. uh, two state finals uh, two times in the last five years without success. But congratulations to Sean Williams. This season rushed for over 2,000 yards and 37 touchdowns. Who in the hell was you playing against, Sean? He was playing against a notch competition. How many games did you play in high school? 11? Me? 10, 11? Uh, no, zero. Play, that's, how many games you, that's how many games you play in high school football? Yes, 10 or yes, yes. You don't play 16. Oh, my damn. So this, so this game really wasn't that good. If we're, if we're being <laughs> – this was like a, a half. And, or he's and, a heck of a player. He definitely geez, is. Hey, man. Hey, Sean, all the blessings, man. Continue to do it. I hope that's college is on your tail right now. wrap up this bad boy shall we with our final segment it's called socially speaking this is where we answer a tweet or social media post you can find us on twitter instagram or facebook at adam jones pod or email adam jones pod at gmail.com pretty easy to remember this is from rl rotman on twitter quote adam jones my all-time favorite orioles dropping some major truth bombs from last week jerry versus jones debate I don't know how that made it on the list. We're getting a lot of correspondence from Japan. Hello, AJ San. Mean you'll be AJ San. San. Uh, apparently, people are thinking that you're coming back to play in Japan next year. I don't know what you hinted on Twitter, but I can't read some of this Japanese. So <laughs> I don't know if you want to clarify things. You're not playing baseball in Japan anymore, right? I'm going to go ahead and say I'm not playing baseball in Japan, but I do have plans to go back over there next year uh, once the season starts to go go back. I mean, go go see the, the game as a fan. Go eat their crazy-ass foods that they have. They have one thing at the snack bar there. Okay, I went to a basketball game. I love – I love – I'm sorry, just running along. But I love ballpark food. They had a bun. Okay, normal, right? Like okay, let me get a hot dog, maybe a folded up hamburger, something. I've had that before too. Okay, they put noodles in it. Oh God! (laughs) 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 I I said, now you can take this back. I walked out. Just give me the coke. (laughs) (laughs) Noodles noodles in it. Noodles. So, uh, man, oh, but no, I want to get back over there, get back in the country, get some of that food and just be around, go back to see Oryx and uh, still got some friends over there playing. But the culture in the country, I, I rave about it so much. So I definitely want to get back over there for my own personal uh, reasons. All right. Well, one of these days yeah. you will be back there in between your other trips and stamps on your passport. That about wraps it up. I won't up. be you playing, wanna- though. I won't be playing. I'm not going to call you from the baseball field like, Coleman, we got to cancel because, man, I got got a game tonight. You won't get that call. No, he's a podcaster now, folks. He's not (laughs) playing ball. (laughs) want to thank our sponsors. They include our friends at Jack Daniels. There are lots of ways to make whiskey. There's only one way to make Jack Daniels. Make account Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels sponsors Adam Jones Rant each and every week, whether it be in the Maldives, in Barcelona, or Miami. It doesn't matter. 
Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. Also brought to you by Be More Around Town. They have the ultimate all-inclusive pregame purple tailgate experience before every home and away game. Head to BeMoreAroundTown.com and learn more about the details. It's not only football, but there'll be some Sarasota trips as well. Also, thanks to the good folks over at the Wyman Group. Always much gratitude for their support. And G Leaf Medical Cannabis Company, head to gleaf.com medical cannabis for qualified Maryland patients only. One more reminder for you folks, if you haven't, subscribe to the Baltimore banner. Six months, unlimited digital access for just $1. All you need to do is head to thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ. That's thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ. Six months, unlimited digital access for just a buck. Want to thank our senior, very senior executive producer. You're gonna win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can come back out. We just on social media at Adam Jones Pod. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email. Adam Jones Pod at gmail.com. Keep it real, folks, like we do, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>